0: it is time pour that wine so you are feeling fine kick up your feet and take a seat fancy a blather let's have one together hello 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 and welcome or welcome back to fancy a blether podcast i'm your host Kirsty taylor and this week's episode we are joined by the wonderful chair and vice chair of a wonderful charity called All-in-One Education. I count how many times I just said wonderful in that sentence, I know, appalling, but they really are wonderful people. So first we're gonna kick off into the intro and then later on we will be joined by them for our usual interview. So this week to start off with we are talking about of course our small wonder of the week. So this week is a it's a fun one I think, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this one. So um. autumnal base so I'm trying to decide my favourite season I've been thinking about this for a while you'd think it wouldn't be so hard there's only four to choose from but I don't know I've always said winter and I do love the snow I don't really like driving in snow but I do love the snow and um also my birthday isn't winter which is why I think I've always said winter but actually autumn's quite up there and um, I quite love a good autumnal day and my favourite thing to do in autumn is to light a candle in the evening. It gets dark early enough that you just light a candle, maybe I put on some fairy lights if I want to do some reading then I put on a couple fairy lights but otherwise I just light a candle while I relax, sit back, maybe watch some Netflix or just chill and uh, recently I've been obsessed with this candle I have from LA Candles which is the folklore candle I don't even know she sells anymore but um, it's just LA Candles on Etsy I can have it linked in the show notes and I love her candles and they smell insane like just so good I've got three from her and I can't get enough of them and they last ages this one has lasted me ages but that has been my go-to candle as of recently it just has that perfect autumnal smell if you like So yeah, that is my small wonder of the week and the candlelight in the evening. So now we're going to kick off into what I'm engaging with. So this week we're being a little bit of a self-plugger. You know, I'm sorry, disappointed in myself too, but today the day that this is coming out and the day that i'm recording this continue the voice which is a creative collective that i started during lockdown has come out with their first ever zine or our first ever zine i should say and i am a freaking head editor like Mm. what 2020 really threw me a curveball with that one didn't see that one coming but i'm so excited our first issue is um all about staycations and it has some wonderful pieces of art in it. So I will have that linked in the show notes and i seriously recommend that you read it. Um and yeah, if I do say so myself, we killed the game. So definitely an um a must read because I'm a big fan. And <laughs> um, yeah, so that is what I've been gaping with because I've literally just been reading that over and over again. Um, in what's the term? In um oh man, words. I can't remember the word I was going to say, but like in the because I knew it was coming out on Sunday, and for some reason I can't think of the term for that. So it's fine. We're just going to roll with it. So now we're going to do things a little bit differently, and we're actually going to do the positive news story now, and then we're going to do the poem of the week because at the end of the episode, it's kind of weird to just throw in a positive news story when we kind of conclude the episode with the interview. So we're just going to add it in now. So the positive news story of this week I find on squirrelnews.net which uh, is uh, quite a fun little um, news thing and they've got lots of positive news so I'll link the exact page. But um, it is the, the headline that Pope Francis backs same-sex civil unions. This is massive for um, same-sex couples. I mean, of course... It's complex because I also think there's a big part that like I don't really need him, um, his. What do you, what's the term like I don't need his see words what's happening today, I don't need his approval. But it's nice to know that things are changing in the world. But he said, "Um, this is the exact quote from him, I believe. Almost like homosexual people have a right to be in a family. They are children of God and have a right to a family." Nobody should be thrown out or be made miserable over it. We have what we have to create is a civil union law. The way they are le- that way they are legally covered. I stood up for that. So this is a pretty drastic change in the Catholic Church. I have to say I'm not Catholic, but um I think it's a big it's a big deal. It's a it's a it's a good it's a good step in the right direction, if you say so myself. And um that was found on Squirrel News, but I think the headline's actually from The Guardian, I know very confusing. So that is the positive news story. So now we're going to kick into our poem of the week. So our poem of the week is actually written by me. I know I'm really self-plugging myself this week. It's not really like me to do that, but I just felt like this poem really worked with what this episode is all about and really resonated. And um, I thought, why not? It's been a while since I highlighted one of my own pieces. So why not today? So, this poem can be found on my Instagram, my poetry Instagram, sorry, Observe, Absorb, Write. Um, it is not on the website, it's just on the Instagram, It's just a short poem called Am I Enough? And I will have it linked in the um, show notes in case you want to read along yourself or read it at another time. Am I Enough? For years you have been conned by your society, you have been told about the great nation and how it used to own 25% of the world's landmass. They left out the genocide, they left out the slavery, they left out the colonization. For years you have been blissfully ignorant, unaware of the harm your country is still causing of the racism that never stopped existing. I feel terrible. What can I do? How can I change? I screwed up. I should be ashamed. It's not just about you. Stop asking yourself if you are enough and just show up. So yeah, that is my poem called I am enough, which I, as I said before, you can find on Observe, Absorb, Right. So now we are going to kick into the main part of the episode. So we are going to be joined by the lovely... Um, Anna and Zoe to talk all about the wonderful charity that is All-in-One Education. So stay tuned. Hi all, just Kirsty popping in here for our regular charity spot of the week. So this week I thought it would be fitting to find another education charity that um, is similar to All-in-One in its principles and things like that but is a different charity. It's obviously the whole episode is kind of about all in one so I figured why not add in another charity too to check out. So this week we are highlighting the Black Curriculum and you can find them online at the blackcurriculum.com and they're on social media and all those things as well. So I'm going to read you a little bit about their mission statement but basically they are reimagining the future of education through Black British history. So here is a little bit about them. The Black Curriculum is a social enterprise founded in 2019 by young people to address the lack of Black British history in the UK curriculum. They believe that by delivering arts-focused Black history programs, providing teacher training and campaigning through mobilizing young people, we can facilitate social change. Their programs for all are for all young people aged 8 to 16 and aim to equip young people with a sense of identity and the tools for a diverse landscape. They are working towards changing the national curriculum and building a sense of identity in every young person in the UK. So as you'll discover, um, as we go through the episode, we speak a little bit about different ways that, particularly if you're an educator listening, or even if you're not, and, or if you work with young people, or even if you don't, and you just wanna know more and let, do more, um, the Black curriculum is somewhere that has excellent learning resources and um, training available to you. Um, they also have a really cool zine out right now which I highly recommend checking out um, to celebrate the Notting Hill Carnival and it's a wonderful piece of artwork and um, as per all charities you can donate to them and find other ways to get involved on their website theblackcurriculum.com and of course do check out their learning resources where you'll find out lots of wonderful things. Um, Yeah so please enjoy the rest of this week's episode. So this week on Fancy Blather, we have the wonderful Zoe and Anna from All-in-One Education. Would you like to introduce yourselves a little bit and let, let listeners know a little bit about who you are maybe like
1: a fun fact if you have one at all? Um, I think you should go Anna really. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah of course I can do that but my name's Anna Anna Mayhew. I live in Edinburgh with my wife and my guinea pig Angus And I am the chair of All in One Education, which is a new grassroots uh, intersectional charity teaching um, intersectional history and social studies across the UK. Hi, and I'm
1: I'm Zoe Daniels. Um, I'm based in Tooting, London. Um, I don't have a wife. (laughs) I (laughs) know. I will. (laughs) And I am uh, the vice chair of All in One Education. Um, Fun fact about me: I I am from Liberia, Nigeria, Sweden, the UK and Italy. I'm a rainbow. Wonderful. Nailed oh, it. Oh, I didn't do a fun
2: fact. Sorry, I didn't do a fun fact. I should have that. <laughs> you said you had a wife
0: and a guinea pig. I think that's... <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I a think that was one. your Is
1: fun. Is that fun? I Are mean,
2: fun? I <laughs> mean, <laughs> they're fun. They're fun for me. It's the like, <laughs> May
1: level of fun. It's like yeah, that, right. Yeah. random fun.
2: <laughs> that's okay. I'm okay with being the serious one for this podcast, so if you want to be the okay. fun one, like a boy band. we
1: can... I'm, I'm always the fun one. <laughs> Perfect.
0: Perfect. So you guys just said what your roles were, but um, I don't know if you want to let the listeners know a little bit more about how you both get, got involved with All In One Education, like how it came to be in your lives, per se.
1: Um, well, so basically, I am... Um, I was doing a lot of stuff a lot of activism work during like the start of the black lives matter Mm -hmm. movement. And I was organizing demos up in London. Um, I was taking part in mutual aid and you know, that kind of thing. And I was creating a lot of content online to educate people because I just feel like that is one of the most powerful tools that we have to actually enact true change. And, Anna and me had been talking quite a lot throughout all of this. Like she had been checking in and also just saying, she was always like constantly just being like, we need to do something. (laughs) I was like, we do need to do something. I was like, I'm doing some things. (laughs) Let's do something. And then she just suddenly called me one day and was like, I've got an idea. And then she was like, right. So education is like this and it's really important, but I feel like it needs to be intersectional and blah, 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 blah. blah. And like, we're saying all this stuff and I'd done a lot of, campaigning as well for the uh, our curriculum to actually be truly intersectional Mm -hmm. and then when Anna came forward with this idea um, about creating sort of resources for teachers and all in one I just thought I was like this is actually this is the vehicle to really do it through and actually create a grassroots movement so that's how I found out about it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think so. So I think it's been quite a like turbulent year, hasn't it? It's been an incredibly turbulent year between coronavirus and uh, Black Lives Matter protests and mm-hmm. the nightmare political situations that we found ourselves in, and the impending um, nightmare of Brexit upcoming. I think people have had a lot of time to um, devote to looking into racial and social justice, um, looking into gaps in our education system, mm-hmm. and I think. I, like a lot of people, was protesting, donating, educating myself, um, reading tons, watching tons, amplifying voice as much as I can. But I really wanted to, to do it in a way that put my skills, the skills that I have personally to use, in a way that would enact genuine, tangible social change. Because I think there's a lot of very well-meaning people donating to things and reading things, but it kind of tails off um, after a while. And it's, that's not really the way that you create small bursts of movement don't create social change. What creates social change is active, tangible action using using the systems that are already in place and messing them up from the inside I guess.
0: (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) So I spoke to a couple of teachers and student teachers and stuff to see if they had any questions kind of more specific for um, all-in-one and one question that people were wondering was um, what are some ways you or others have noticed inequality in the classroom or um, how do you find that inequality sometimes like maybe from personal experience um, manifests in a classroom perhaps like from in your childhood or if you've ever been in a classroom more recently have you noticed anything that's particularly what's the word like poignant?
1: Yeah I mean all throughout my life <laughs> so yeah <laughs> so all throughout education um, I have noticed just inequality through and through um, not only has Black history been completely um, omitted and mm-hmm. not covered. So I grew up in, I had like my, the, the base of my years, I spent in Sweden until I was 11. And so they didn't cover any Black history there. It was like almost like we didn't exist. And Black people were there and Sweden did actually have some involvement in the slave trade. So they too are omitting a part of their history. And then when I moved to the UK, the same thing happened here like I think I accidentally stumbled across one page on slavery we weren't even Mm -hmm. covering it I think we may have covered Martin Luther King I have a dream speech that was it and I think once we may have spoken about the Black Panthers but my teacher decided kind of just was just like oh yeah they're a and they were classed as a terrorist organization he gave no context whatsoever to it and that's obviously not Yes, S.J. Edgar Hoover said this about them, but he was also racist and the FBI was systemically racist. And, you know, there's all this context that they were emitting. So I, there was a, like, that was where I personally felt that inequality happen. And since then, I've just seen it with sort of just looking at my nephew and niece going to school now and their experiences. They're not covering like the empire and they're not, they're not covering things that, would give the, the policies of today or the news of today context, mm-hmm. how did we get here? How do we critically evaluate what's happening now? How do we change things? How, we do, how do we imagine a better future? Um, and those things get crushed in the classrooms. Like I honestly think that in, in, in the, the current education system, the way it is in the UK, UK is where dreams go to die in those classrooms, <laughs> imaginations get crushed. And there's some amazing organizations doing work um, to ensure that children are learning in a creative way. And the resources that we provide are meant to give teachers, you know, an option of like teaching in a more creative way, in a wider way, give the children a more, pr- a wide perspective of different views, allow them to critically evaluate, Um, for themselves, don't decide for them. It seems like that's what we're doing now. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, that's where I've noticed inequality myself and just, just generally.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's probably pretty telling that in GCSE history, only 11% of British students will study anything to do with black, um, history or people, black people's contribution to Britain. Um, whether that's in, in a historical sense or within a modern day context, it's just not something that's studied anymore. Um, And that's even, I think, as far as like the slave trade is falling Mm -hmm. out of, I mean, it's coming back into fashion, particularly this year, but it is falling out of the curriculum in terms of required topics. Um, I think the only topic that at least England is required to teach is the Holocaust, isn't it? I think. Um, So, which is, of course, necessary. But again, I mean, Zoe and I had this conversation this morning about the Holocaust suffers from a similar, um, a similar kind of casualty as black history does in a lot of British um, education systems where it is one event for Jewish history in the way that yes. the slave trade is one event of black history and then that's it they're like yeah well that was terrible um isn't it all awful his thing but there's no so context around that to see how that has impacted further on how that has impacted at the time and how that has been, like um um been part of those um separate sections of our society's history um it's just one event which is very static and it's kind of the same of black history month i think it's a very static um Um, event. I think it's good that we have it, but I think it would be much better if we just wound black history through the entire curriculum every day of the, every day of the week. Um, Yeah. And I think that can go as far. That kind of leads me into where I see inequalities at the minute um, in education is I really think there's a lack of visibility of um, a lot of the demographics um, that we would want to cover, for instance, even as much as I think as like female, some of the uh, areas you could be studying female history and are just not included at all. Um, LGBTQIA history, um, black history, British South Asian history, all of this kind of um, aspects that we're, Contribute to making a really rich and beautiful tapestry if you wanted to look at all of it Let's take World War One for instance If you studied all of those different aspects in World War One You get a much more comprehensive and cohesive view Of how World War One impacted all of our society as a whole And therefore be able to create tangible links between different cultures Different people, different nationalities By these overarching Mm. events that are all connected Um, So and I I remember seeing one of the impetuses for All-in-One Was I was was overseeing a um, a World War One workshop at Edinburgh Castle, um, and it was a primary school workshop, and when had primary school come in, who were, I would say, a pretty representative cross-section of kids um, in Edinburgh. They were, I think, primary four. Um, over half of the class was female. Um, I would say maybe like, five two, about a third of them maybe like five of these kids were um kids of color so they were south asian there's a couple of um, african heritage kids um and then there was a couple as well of like new european immigrants so german polish um yeah. lithuanian kids like that kind of so pretty like large cross-section i'd say yeah but no, also pretty, also pretty standard
0: very, class as well more pretty recently standard as class. well
2: yeah absolutely for a city center class you know um in a working-class area of town, and so uh, we came along with the World War One workshop. It was on poetry. It was fine. Um, but all of the sources they were using, all of the sources were written by white Scottish and slash British men. All the pictures they looked at, all of the photographs, all of the writings, mm. even the um, even the clothes, they did a bit where they dressed kids up in clothes, but only, the only clothes they had were male soldier clothes. And you're like, okay, well, that's cool. So that eradicates this half of the room then, doesn't it? Um, and it really did, you could see these kids kind of starting to lose interest. All these things were supposed to invoke discussion were completely intangible to like a good, a good 80% of the class. <laughs> Um, And I don't think it was any, it was was very interesting, and I was like, I don't think it's anything particularly because this is actually a really good workshop. It's just completely, it's really not looked into the demographics of like modern contemporary classrooms, I don't think. Um, and so I was, uh, I was looking at some of the, um, objects for some of the kids and a little girl who's South Asian, um, came up to me and she was like, so this was a world war, right? And I said, yes, it was a world war. And she was like, well, what was India doing at this time? And I was like, very good question. What was India doing? Fighting these trenches and doing support roles along with all of these other guys. And then I got back thinking, I was like, well, wouldn't it have been, wouldn't it have been great if you could have included just one picture of something else? Just one thing. Even yeah, if it was women so that war- she could know
0: by seeing yeah, just something like a tangible, rather than asking. Same
2: because that is the same, that is a massive event that took place in all of these, like, um, heritage, that's something that will connect, they go, oh, your grandfather fought in World War One. my grandfather fought in World War One. oh, perhaps we're not as, like, um, individual as our education system would make it seem that we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, it was just really interesting, I was like, it, it could have taken just a tiny bit more thought, and you would have engaged a lot more of that classroom. Um, and it's not a very hard thing to do, so that's one of the things I think, um, that was one of the driving forces behind All-in-One, just... Merely providing that kind of tangibility and visibility mm-hmm. into representation, not just representation, yeah. but having tangibility to it as well.
0: Nice. Um, so I think you also made a point that um, really stuck out to me about um, in high school, you did um, the Martin Luther King speak, uh, speech and spoke about that. Um, I find that really interesting to consider that through so many people that you speak to throughout Britain that have gone through like the education system that it's always, if we do learn about civil rights at all, it's always American civil rights. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's never the British civil rights movement. And I think that's such an othering. It's like, oh, that happened over there, but it didn't happen here. And there's never a conversation that takes place yeah. where we ever take ownership for anything like that or colonialism or anything like that. It's never a conversation in our classrooms. Yeah, I
1: think, future. yeah, the I think the, also the issue of it is as well, it's the othering of kind of being like, Black history, British history. Black mm-hmm. history is British history. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this is what's happened. You know, due to the empire, due to um, colonial, uh, colonialism, we are now t- forever tied. This yeah. has happened now, you know? And it's just, there's no point, um, like the government like there's no point of them running away from this anymore like it's it's, you know we all know the truth you know Mm. trying to stifle our education i find it hilarious that they've tried to do this because we've got the internet now you know And, and, and 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 also on top of that they have pissed off teachers all over the uk they have made people furious they have treated them badly You know, and that's not just talking about pay. It's just talking about how the curriculum is formulated. Mm -hmm. You have teachers teaching subjects where they are not reflected at all or represented Mm -hmm. throughout the curriculum. That's a gross injustice. That's not, uh, that's, that's not equality. Mm -hmm. And that's how you see how racism is in like, it's, you know, it's infected the very fabric of this country. and it's so unfortunate because there are people that want to learn. There are people that want to educate. There, wa- there are people that want to get to the truth. Um, and they keep on putting up these ob- obstacles. And I think the great thing about All in One is that this power, this is also about empowering teachers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like agreed. giving teachers the tools to be able to teach the things that they actually truly want to teach, mm-hmm. the things that mm-hmm. make them feel passionate. Um, you know, giving them a wider perspective as well, challenging their views. Um, Because we're all in this together and anti-racism, that kind of education, that's going to, that takes years. That's until the day you die. Mm -hmm. You don't do some like kind of um, hit crash course in it. And we all have to take it, whether you're white or black, because unfortunately, our history was stolen from us. We have no idea about the reality of things because it's been stolen from us and the best that we can do Mm -hmm. is try to spread awareness about the things that we know and try to criticize them as well to and actually start a conversation Um i find it fascinating what's happening right now and i find it fascinating what different organizations are doing because everyone's coming in from a different angle like with all in one we we are we're covering all marginalized voices and obviously that The term marginalized is problematic um as well but we're we're covering people with disabilities lg people who identify as lgbtqia um, Mm and we're covering black people we're covering asian stories and and we're actually really breaking it down um, and we're thinking about the way that we're using our language constantly because it's about decolonizing you know the curriculum as well but just mm-hmm. the way we present our resources it's about not influencing the te- the teachers too much and not influencing the story too much just presenting the facts as they are and allowing to pe- people to like criticize it themselves and decide for themselves what they think and I think that's what the that's what the government are probably scared of aren't they <laughs> <laughs> probably
0: <laughs> um, you made a good point as well though about um for some educators, educators, educators as well, it's quite a um. There's a a mind shift, a mindset shift that needs to take place, or a an accountability that maybe needs to happen within themselves. And I don't know if you guys have any kind of um tips or places that they can go to to start looking for ways. I know that this has been something very prominent recently, more than ever. But really, is something that I think a lot of educators have been doing for a while kind of underneath of trying to keep themselves accountable and do better mm. for the kids that they teach but if you have any tips for especially I guess as a student teacher I'm somebody that does work very hard but I know that I have friends who are in the same position who struggle to know where to start so I don't know if yeah. you have any I
2: mean I think oh sorry Zoe do you want to go first I can go first but... <laughs> oh no no you go first um I just I mean I was gonna say I think there's there's I think as you say what you working very hard as a student teacher is unfortunately it it only gets more, doesn't it, when you actually come into your, through your probation year, we become a yeah. teacher. Um, and I think that is one of the big problems that we found with trying to make history more representative and comprehensive and why there's such a, a huge discrepancy and divergence in uh, what people know um, between their supposedly similar curriculum. Um, between every school is that there's a huge amount of inconsistency because teachers do have to do everything on their own. They do have to do so much of it individually. So you then put an onus on when there's not enough educational guidance and there's not enough from educational services or the government um, to support you in making that and breaking away from that mainstream curriculum and making things a little bit more um, diverse and representative. Then you start getting situations where p- people don't have the time, they don't have the resources, they don't have the knowledge. As we was saying, you know, we want to create confidence um, mm-hmm. in teachers themselves who may not have ever studied any of this and you know, we had a guy who said, you know, I tried to make my class really intersectional, I tried to make them um, a lot more representative, he's like, but how do I know that where I'm getting my sources from is legitimate, and that it isn't skewed in another way, because I only have a limited scope of knowledge in terms of that as well. Um, So I think it's a really important important part, because it is so individualised, unfortunately the system is so, um, has so much onus on the individual, that teachers take accountability of their own knowledge, and their own learning, Um, and you know, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to be as supportive and easily accessible as possible to support and empower our teachers to be able to do these kind of lessons. Um, so I'd say training. Training is a huge one, I think. I actually think being able to, I know there's a lot of training offered by schools themselves, but you can always do more individually. And if there's specific stuff that you want to do, go for it. There's loads of amazing uh, training organizations offering brilliant existential um, um history right now. Um, anti-racist educators um, are up in Scotland, but they do some really fantastic courses that people can get on. Um, and you can also join their uh, their collective group of teachers aiming for change through anti-racist education. Um, black curriculum of course, GLE, um, consultants. There's loads of people who are doing amazing online Zoom stuff at the minute that I think are really worthwhile. Um, because as Zoe said, it's something that has to happen all the time. We're all constantly learning and we're constantly, yeah, constantly um, updating evolving. our knowledge. Exactly, constantly evolving. Um, and we can unlearn learned things and we can also adapt our methods. We know we can. We do it all the time in teaching. We adapt our methods for different styles of learning and different teaching all the time. It's just about doing the same and being conscious of it, I think. Um, Zoe, what do you think?
1: Yeah, no, I agree with that, definitely. It. And I think it's also like trying to absorb as much... Um, Content that you may not be used to 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 hear different perspectives. So listening mm-hmm. to podcasts by people who identify as LGBTQIA or people with disabilities, wow. and also engaging with those people in those spaces. You, that you know, you know, your education doesn't necessarily have to come from other teachers and that community. It just has to come from people within that community, like in terms of people that do identify with the things that you want to represent throughout the curriculum. I think that's so important because you need to be challenged on your opinions. That's that's a way that unlearning starts to happen and unpacking starts to happen. Um, And I do see that taking place right now. Um, Mm -hmm. I saw someone write something on Twitter recently where they had been, they said that they had actually been a white supremacist And uh, from engaging with people on Twitter, on like the, it was like a woke Twitter black channel, they changed their mind because they got absolutely, basically they got challenged on every single thing that they were saying. And like these people were backing it up with evidence, facts, figures. Mm -hmm. And there were people in there, there were people obviously that were being horrible but there were people in there that were actually being really lovely and respectful and were just like you're wrong because look at this and how can that be because look at this like really starting to unpick this guy's like thought process and beliefs um and i think that's also something that we should never devalue that um, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily from reading a book or or sitting in class like yeah. education can be found everywhere um, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
0: I love that. And I think you can also bring that education to your own school or to your own classroom, to your colleagues or even to like your if a lot of educators educators have friends who are also educators in different places and different regions mm-hmm. and that can start such a bigger conversation just by being willing to listen and being willing to not just listen by nodding your head but actually taking things in and responding consciously and listening effectively in the way that you teach your pupils to do when mm-hmm. when you're and
2: listening to your pupils as well i think to a degree Agree, yeah. of your diverse pupils you ask them you put them into center you ask them how they feel about this you include if you include a lot more diverse say children's literature you can then talk to them about how they feel about that and you talk to their classmates about how they feel about that you can have discussions it opens up discussions that may enable you to learn as well to be open honest
0: to learning i think For it's sure. really important For particularly sure. in this time tap into the community around the school mm-hmm. as well like the families the mm-hmm. shops that there's a community in every school so I think that's mm-hmm. that's excellent um so we've spoken a little bit about intersectionality um in terms of without using the word intersectionality too much but um for I mean I feel like everyone listening knows what interse- ex- intersectionality means but just in case they don't maybe give like a little definition and then also what it means to you personally because I think a definition for a word or a concept such as intersectionality can always be quite broad, whereas mm-hmm. the personal experience of something can be a lot more, can help people to relate to it a little bit more, perhaps. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, well, I mean, intersectionality, I think if we are oh, talking about intersectionality, then we're talking about an interconnected, nature of social categories, such as race, class, gender, citizenship, ability, um, language, ethnicity, um, for an individual or a group that creates overlapping systems of discrimination and disadvantage. So for instance, when we talk about that, we're talking about things like, um, if you are a black person, you are more of a disadvantage. You have a strata of disadvantage throughout um, the social systems because you're black. If you add in being a black woman, you have a second strata of disadvantage, which is piling on top of each other and interconnecting. And then let's say put on being an LGBTQIA, black woman, you then have a third system. And it's a way of categorizing a social disadvantage and discrimination um, based on uh, on different strata. Um, when we talk about in the regards to history though, I think when we talk about it, what we mean is looking at, therefore, looking at our history curriculum and looking at our historical subjects of British history in that kind of, um, you can't do it without saying intersectionality again, can you? With, in that kind of intersectional way. <laughs>
1: interconnected.
2: Um, interconnected way, there we go. Um, there we go. In way. <laughs> So, history, I think, is a big broad tapestry made up of interconnecting threads, and all of those interconnecting threads. I love that create, image. That's so I know, cool. right? All those inter- well, I like to think of it as a big like. I'm going like to use that in a class. <laughs> yes, like a medieval tapestry, right? So if you think about all the little threads coming together to create the image of the yeah. event. So let's say World War One again. Let's put that on mm-hmm. the Tudors. We're coming together to create World War One. So what we want to do is look at all of those um, sections together under the guise. So instead of just doing one one perspective and one one dimensional um, image of it, you consider yeah. many of them together and how those have interacted together um, to create the event that you know as you know it and forward
1: i suppose as well yeah yeah perfect um basically what anna said but just to (laughs) add to that (laughs) just to add to that i think yeah definitely with with the way that we present like the resources that we have and the topics that we look at it's to provide underpin the underpinnings the context behind Mm -hmm. everything and it links everyone it's every step that brought us to this position or to that decision. Um, And that's kind of, and that is interlinked, that is interconnected. So for example, when you're talking about the 1919 race riots, you don't just talk about race, you talk about the class, working classes, mm-hmm. you talk about, you, you have to give that entire thing context. Why did people react in this way? Mm-hmm. What was happening at the time? What decisions were made? Who made them? Who was leading the country at the time? You know, everyone has a part to play in people's mm-hmm. history. We come across all these people throughout history and they all had a part to play. We can't ignore them. That would be lying. Um, and that's what's been happening. We've been mm-hmm. lied to.
2: <laughs> institutionalized lying.
1: Yeah, institutionalized <laughs> lying, and it's and it's and it's just that it's it's you know it's part of this. It contributes to this collective um, amnesia that I think is a lot. People have been kind of repeating that, um, and yeah. we're forgetting about our history. And 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 you know that this is being done on purpose, which is even so is so much more um, disturbing because this is something that you would have thought was happening in like second world war this is mm-hmm. like akin to the nazis burning books this is incredibly incredibly worrying that this is mm-hmm. happening and and all of us are going to suffer from this as a result and um, because it contributes this collective amnesia yeah. we're not going to be able to cope with um things like that we have in the future to deal with issues in the future we're not going to cope as well um, you know it's not going to allow us to make better decisions Sorry. That was okay. Over to you. <laughs>
2: well, I was going to say, and I think coming on from now, as you're talking about context and how that impacts how we work together, I think that's another point of um, the way, if you teach history in this kind of way, you encourage kids mm-hmm. or encourage um, students and I suppose teach to a degree, but you encourage students to consider multiple perspectives and multiple different viewpoints in a historical context, which then makes it much easier to co- um, consider it in their own modern context. So I think what you then do, you start to be able to see, you go, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. Well, You know, I wasn't before that worried about whatever piece of legislation this is because I didn't think it would affect me. But actually, now that I think about that kind of thing affecting me as a woman, as affecting them as black women, I start to think about it as impacting as one kind of interconnected global thing, which starts to make me feel a little bit more, be able to critically analyze my society a little bit more and point out the areas of social injustice when I see them. And that's what I think we're trying to get to. We have a opportunity for kids to be world leading in this kind of critical analysis. And I think we could see some really tangible social change from using a system like this.
1: Yeah, and I think just to finish on that point, I I think it's so incredibly important for people to be knowledgeable about our shared history. But Because if we ignore it, if we ignore these parts, Mm -hmm. we're going to have to face this again. You know, yeah. we're yeah. never going to reach a stage of true equality if we keep on yeah, ignoring- we're gonna our, Yeah, we're not going to progress. Yeah, we're not going to get anywhere. This argument has been had so many times. You have the women's rights movement that completely ignored the suffragette movement that completely ignored people of color. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was awful. And, and that's why we're having this argument right now. That's why we're having to chant Black women's lives matter. I mean- And these things, we're still having to fight this within every section of our society, you know, in terms of equal pay, in terms of police violence, all of these things, because we ignored it when we first had the opportunity to fight for it. And we can't continue to do that. No man can get left behind. No person should get left behind.
2: And I think you can see that within um, the, the... Um, the amount of rage and outrage and anger there was around um, George Floyd's death this summer, which was reasonably so, but you wonder why it took hold with such furor. And I think it's because people had a lot more time to sit and actually learn about their history of their countries and education. You know the amount of outrage there was for instance in Glasgow about the streets that were named after slave owners and you think well why didn't you know this before like this was it's because there was a complete blanket lack of education in that scenario and so people got understandably really upset and angry about it um but then I think that can create a flash in the opposite way which I also don't think is particularly helpful where you do things like smash up statues which you should take down obviously you should take them down because we can't have statues up to fucking slave owners um but you need to take them down and put them in a museum with context and with perhaps with all the um stuff on them with all the fucking protest flags with all of that going down because then you need to show the context of why that's going down because again then otherwise as Zoe says you you eradicate it as well you don't learn from it no you, you, you just it, erase you it. it never happened yeah you just erase it and you pretend it never happened which means when you come around again in 50 years time people go oh what what this again you know like they don't know about it
1: yeah so i think I it's think... really
2: important about us um, recording and recording things like protests, you know, recording this down in a way that is here for posterity and is historically and archivally sound, Um, because we haven't done that before with minority protests. We haven't done that with minority Mm -hmm. history. We've been fairly selective. Um, And so I just think it's really important for people to be able to, as Zoe says, carry that on past the point and take that education in and use it for genuine change.
0: Yeah, completely agree. I think, um, so, Um, This is kind of like a two-parter question. So do you have any advice for teachers, and I guess also for student teachers, on how they can start to implement this into their own practice, how they can start to become more aware and make more change and start to obviously, eventually to use the all-in-one education lesson plans would be a great way to go about this. Um, But before that step, is there anything they could start to do, even small changes that might seem minuscule to one, Um, to one person might seem so big for another, like one that I always think about and come back to is like diversifying your classroom library. You might think that's not a big deal and think that's not a big thing to do, but for the child sitting at the desk that's never had a book to read that represents them, that is such a a massive shift in their perspective on themselves and on the world around Mm -hmm. them. So even though it's not, and it's not a big task either for you, but is there anything else like that that you can think of that you think is a good way for them to start to, as well as obviously finding all in one education, following along, getting involved if they want to, et cetera. Oh.
1: Sorry, you would have thought <laughs> after lockdown I'd know how to use this. Um, <laughs> so I think that the best, I think one of the, the first steps that they need to do is just kind of sort of educate themselves um you could think that you're the most knowledgeable person in the world about this stuff but you probably aren't i'm sorry to say Mm -hmm. (laughs) we're all going through this process we're constantly learning and it's about following people who are from those um, communities leading that conversation and i think a particularly good thing is to follow activists there's Mm -hmm. a lot of um, educational activists out there um and like and just follow like really um incredible organizations that are doing the work and organizations that have existed for a long time, like Runnymede, you should definitely follow them. Um, and, I'll link them uh, in the show
0: notes as well. So people, perfect.
1: Can yeah. So running organization, they've existed for years. They've done studies in um, education around um, uh, teaching intersectional education, particularly when we, when it comes to black history and show like teaching colonization or uh, colonialism and teaching, um, the slave trade but actually um in its entirety um so they've advocated for like migrants as well like just showing a more a wider perspective and um, so they're definitely worth checking out and then i would also say there are there are amazing pages like working class history that i would encourage everyone to follow honestly i'm addicted they're incredible and they really give a peek into the kind of history that's radical you know, and inspiring, um, and and allows you to see the viewpoint from everyone's kind of side. Um, I feel like it really amplifies amplifies the voices of the working classes, stories that make you may never have heard if it wasn't for them, mm. or, um you know, making you aware of it. And then I would also encourage people to look at a conscious kid. Um, mm-hmm. They're incredible. They're also um, American. The black curriculum, obviously. Um, they're doing amazing work and they're, they started recently creating these animations, like making it even more accessible, their information. Um, so it's great to like, try to see these, these organizations are providing information. In, and a variety of ways to ensure that it's as accessible as um, possible. I think before the industry could be a little bit alienating, but now it's actually opened up a little bit um, and taken that into consideration and just for activists as well, I would say, um, just that gives you a wider perspective as well. And they amplify the voices of people on the ground that are educating and running um, educational programs and things like that. And they'll share, classes I'd also say to check out Adam Elliott Cooper um, he is part of Black Lives Matter and he's doing amazing things I think he's now currently running um, a workshop on uh, the police in Britain the history of the police but things like that okay. it's amazing amazing um, I think that
0: we could probably chat forever about this and I definitely yep, think sorry. That we would, uh, no 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 I meant in general about everything um <laughs> We could definitely have a future episode with All In One Education because I'm sure people have more questions they'd like to ask and more they'd like to hear. But um, just to end off the episode for now, where can people find All In One Education? And if you want to shout out yourselves, then feel free as well. So like Instagram, the website, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah, well,
2: so we, we, how can people get involved with us? So I think so. We are always looking for volunteers, um, for teachers with, um, content creation, mm-hmm. for operations volunteers to help us get our word, uh, name out there for campaigns, volunteers to help us with our, um, our upcoming events and our exciting, um, um, activities that we're going to have up. Coming very shortly. Um, you can also donate to us through our GoFundMe or our Give as You Live. Yeah, we're on Give as You Live. We're all about that like social crowdfunding. Um, and we also can be found on Instagram at All In One Education UK and on Facebook at All In One Education and on Twitter at All In One Education uh, UK as well. Um, I would thoroughly recommend um, following us. But then I would so. <laughs> um, i would suggest you follow purely out to uh, get some really interesting I'd recommend content too. <laughs> i mean yeah. but we've got really interesting content we've got great stories and videos going up we've got um, links to exciting upcoming events um, that some of our partners are doing and i just
0: think it would be really worth it personally <laughs> agree completely agree they're the they're the posts that you want to save on your instagram as well they're not the like ones they're the ones that you no. save and you go back and you look at it again and again but um... and i hope
2: I hope they will, like, impact on people's classrooms. That's what we really would like to do, is give the teachers ideas. I, I personally, going very quickly back to you on what teachers can do to diversify their quickly do, um, which is quite easy to do for teachers right now, is that you can th- re-look uh, at your lessons, uh, particularly your history lessons, and just have a really good think about sourcing. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I think is there a way, you, so for instance, if you're doing World War One, there's a million um, descriptions by white male poets about World War One, but why not think about including, say, the diaries of Arthur Roberts, who's a black Glaswegian working-class soldier who fought mm-hmm. on the front line as well. You know, just instead of doing it, it's exactly the same information, it's, you're incorporating exactly the same thing, you're answering exactly the same questions, mm-hmm. but you're just using a slightly more diverse source and a source that therefore presents again that tangibility and that visibility to sections of your classroom and to everyone in your classroom actually. Um, and I, so I think there's so really good things people can do, there's some brilliant um, um, programs and podcasts and um, channels, as Zoe was saying, to follow, um, to help you find aspects of that. But I think that's just a really easy thing people can do as well.
0: Yeah, to I get think you absolutely right. I Great. think as well, it's um, get to know your local area where you're teaching, because you might mm-hmm. find that um, you can, why not teach more about the local history that those children... Mm-hmm will relate to rather than focusing on something that's so outer worldly like um I don't know like the salons that writers went to like is that Mm -hmm. that relatable or important (laughs) no and I think that's
2: (laughs) That's so right, because particularly in Scotland, I know in Scotland there's such a focus on your local history in your area as well, you know, the Mm -hmm. the curriculum of excellence. One of the things we do is we try and um, include school trip sites people can take their classes to within their local area um, when we do um, our little snippets of missing histories. So whether that's, you know, the football stadium in Glasgow where the first black footballer played, or whether Mm -hmm. that's um, the memorial to Princess Sophia Dulip Singh, um, who was an Indian suffragette, you know, just places that people can go to see that history within the context. I think it's really important
0: perfect well thank you so much to both of you for joining me and I'm sure that you will be on the a- episode again I have no doubt that the listeners are going to have loved listening to this conversation and it was great to have you on um everyone that's listening at home of course follow all-in-one education volunteer your time if you can donate and um also um don't forget to check out our podcast instagram at Blather, where we'll also have information about how to find all-in-one so Who didn't follow it along on the podcast? You can find it on Instagram. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) Have a good week. Bye.
2: Thank you, guys. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.